Welcome to Behavioral Groups, the podcast that explores the complexities of life as a human being through a behavioral science lens. I'm Kurt Nelson. And I'm Tim Houlihan. And we like to explore cool ideas on how to live in a complex world so that we can help you find your groove. And one of the ways we find our groove is through knowledge. Sometimes it's new ideas, sometimes repeated ideas that are presented in new and unique ways, and sometimes it's just a reminder of old ideas that deserve a new look. And that brings us to our grooving session for today, our most recommendable books that we read in 2022. Let me put a little caveat on that, Mr. Houlihan, yeah. because we've talked about this and we've read some books in 2022 that were actually published in other years. Yeah. And we might give them honorable mentions, but I think at this point we're focusing just on those books that have been published in 2022. Yeah. So it's just the, it's just the newest stuff. That And that sounds great, Kurt. It, and this is a great topic. And I'm assuming that you've come prepared with your standard list of the, your 27 favorite books ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> You're not that far off, man. I mean, this this year was really, I, I found it at least, I found it really hard to boil down to a short list. Yeah. I, you know, I think I say this every year. Don't we say this every year? Oh, we I think do. We, we say we this do. almost every year, yeah. right? But, but this year it was particularly hard, right? We read some really, 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 I don't know how many reallys I can say, but <laughs> all the reallys I could say, just imagine that, really, really, really good books this year. And we talked with some really just intelligent, clever, thoughtful authors. It was fantastic. Okay, so agree, 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 agree. So however many times I can agree <laughs> on that. And, you know, this this might still be a pandemic effect that we're coming out of, you yeah. know, all the writing that happened during the pandemic, but it was a rich year for behavioral science books. So, okay, so let's get started. Okay, Tim, why don't we start with you, right. and uh, we each get five books, right? Uh, but, more uh, or less. In no particular order, no particular, we're not like rating these on a scale here, but you know, what, what's your first one that you want to recommend? Oh, well, I want, let's start with Robert Livingston's book, The Conversation. Uh, had a huge okay. impact on me, in part because it was this beautiful confirmation of a conversation that I had with, uh, with some dear friends who are people of color. And years and years ago, uh, sitting down at dinner with them, and I'm like, what can I do as a privileged white male? And they just said, have the conversation. And so I love that yeah. Robert Livingston brought this to life. I thought the, the book is very practical. It's very focused. And he gives great anecdotes and great science to bring the story to, oh to life. So. That, that's, the antidotes. That's the, yeah. the antidotes are what made that book for me. It was fantastic, and I loved our conversation. I, I thought the book was great. I thought our conversation with him was even better. Oh my gosh! It was yeah. just it. It just uh, again blew me away. Okay. Blew me away. How about so. you, Kurt? What what fits into your top five? All right. Uh, well, um, I know we we we're gonna be uh, both kind of talking about all of these. So David McGraney, right? Yeah. Um, change your mind. I mean. I use the examples in that book over and over and over again when I'm talking to people. And and not just about behavioral science things, about many things, about why we live in this world where we have these, uh, it feels like we're more divisive and, and, and spread apart and kind of our tribal nature. And I bring in, you know, the, the story that David uh, tells 
of of some of the 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 narratives. And again, David wrote this book like a journalist, not yeah. a researcher, but he has all the science oh, behind yeah. it. So yeah. it was readable. It was interesting, captured my attention. I'm like, on oh, what's going to happen next? And I just loved that book and the insights that I took. And again, we can bring that back to past years where we've talked with people about, you know, conspiracy theories and other things. Uh, but this was really not only did it bring in some of that, those stories that are fun, but some practical, practical elements on how we can really try to influence people and change minds and get them out of crazy things crazy conspiracy theory thinking. I agree. What what I liked about David's book was the sort of the fringier elements where he pushed the boundaries on this this idea of mind changing to sort of the nth degree rather than the way a lot of uh, a lot of psychological research is looking for sort of mainstream ideas. He kind of pushed it to the edge in a way that really got my attention and he did it in a compassionate and uh, in a very human way, and again, backed it up with solid research, told it in a, in, with a fantastic narrative. So I mean, the stories that he terrific. brought in, the stories he brought in from you know the BBC show bringing the people over about 9-11 to the yeah. Baptist, what is the, the Southboro Baptist Church, or not Southboro, whatever that, that is, yep. and you know, the people who had left that, and kind of you know, dissecting these individual stories to kind of pull out the real real nuggets. Fantastic book. Yep. So. Uh, uh, agreed. Okay, so let's see. So it's uh, uh, back on me. Um, yeah. How about, uh, I want to talk about Henry G's book, A Short History of Life on Earth. My God, like, if, if, if we think about Sapolsky's work as, mm-hmm. and the way that uh, he talks about um he talks about our behaviors like from uh, a moment before, a minute before, you know, hours before, days before, months before. Henry takes a look at what was, how did our behavior evolve from millennia ago? And I love that. I thought that it was just fantastic in digging deep into this is how we got to how to where we are. It's a partial explanation of how we got to where we are today. Um, and he does it in a beautiful way. It's, it is short, it's concise, it's, it's uh, pithy and fun and uh, on point all the time. That, that's my take. And it talks about the development of the anus. So, I mean, anytime you have a book, it talks about the development of the anus, man, I, I, I got to read it, right? So, of course. No, all of the things that you said, Tim, um, without being facetious like I was there. All of the things you said, I think, are there. And what fascinated me is, A, there's, a, there's you know, it's an evolutionary book, but there's so much behavioral science that comes out of it. Yeah. And so I love when those, uh, when we read stuff that gives a different perspective. And this is one of those books that I think shines the light on things from a very different viewpoint yeah and allows us to maybe get a different perspective on some of these things and I love I love that yeah. part so how about you what's next well you know yours and my favorite I know this is on your list uh, uh, our our most uh, our, our the guest that has been with us most often yeah uh, the wonderful yeah. and talented and brilliant Annie Duke and her new book quit. Uh, and again, this perspective building that I just talked about with with uh, Henry G. 
uh, same thing. It's like this common wisdom. Oh, we gotta just push through. You know, you know, quitters never. You know, winners never quit, and, and quitters, and quitters never, win. never yeah, 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 quitters never win, and all of these kind of things. And Andy just said, "Hang on a second here. Hang on." That's not really how life works, this idea, and particularly given her background in poker and understanding that if I stayed in every hand, I'm going to lose my shirt, right? And I'm going to go bankrupt and be out of there really quickly. And just the way, again, that she brings in and weaves stories in um, is just mesmerizing and insightful, and you just take away, again... You know, I talked about uh, David McCraney and, and kind of, you know, some of the stories that he tells in there. I, I talk about Annie's book and how quitting and the stories that she brought up in there across the board to many different people. What do we love? What do we love about uh, all the books that we read? The things that really grab our attention are the ones that are different. And mm-hmm. Annie took this counterintuitive model and... And demonstrated how important it is, how, how important quitting is, not just for our human survival, but for success in the world, like in yeah. relationships, in business deals, in all kinds yeah. of great examples that, uh, of course, and she backs it up with with good science and, and good stories. Well, and, and, and the idea that she goes into this, it's not just about quitting, it's quitting at the right time. Yeah. And the yeah. idea that... Um, you know, in we we a sometimes we don't quit fast enough, and sometimes we don't stick out things long enough. And right. kind of identifying the decision model that should go into again coming back to decision models into how you think about quitting and giving you some really practical insights into uh, your own ideas about this. And so it becomes a not just a great book that gives you this information but it's a practical tool I and, love it. And, so. and one more thing about that is uh, <laughs> and one more thing about well, Annie. <laughs> gosh, uh, actually and the Thaler Richard Thaler said that yeah. most of the time we're actually not making a decision to quit the decisions already made and yeah. and this I think is a big human fallacy that we have that we feel like we made the decision to to stop doing something that was wasn't in our best interest, but really, by the time that we d- we've we've actually gotten to that point, it's already done. And I feel like that's an awareness that I would love to bring to the whole damn world: is wake up and just be aware when things are going so far south. Like at some point, you're just not even going to make a decision. You're just going to. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next on your list, sir. Uh, Islet Fishbox book. Oh, golly, I mean the the fact that that she brought such new light, fresh light to motivation and goals was really rewarding for me. I really, um, I, I, you know, you and I have both spent a lot of time on motivation and goals. Like it's one of our favorite things to, uh, to work on. Uh, I, you know, the research uh, that we've done on this is uh, meaningful to us and Islet's work just amped it up a notch. And uh, so if you're at all interested in the, the lovely and, and uh, intricate connections, uh, connectivity between motivation and goals, um, Islet's book, I think, was just fantastic yeah i ditto 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 and to your point this is the work that that i do on almost a daily basis is working with companies about how are your goals being set how can you motivate your employees more what are the things that we can bring to it and and the 
Eyelet's book brought a fresh look on stuff that I thought I knew, like the back of my hand. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't. It was like, holy crap. That is cool, <laughs> yeah. and and it's uh, I love again those books where you can just take the information from them and, and apply it right away, and that's what Eilat's book was for me. Absolutely. So, okay. Yeah. What's next on your list? So I had a conversation. I remember I was we were uh, my daughter and I were waiting for uh, a reservation at a restaurant that we were eating at, and I was reading Seth Stevens Davidowitz's book. Don't trust your gut. And I just started reading out loud uh, from the book. And my daughter and me had this huge, great conversation around this book uh, about some of the insights. Like, did you know that if you wanted to get a a college scholarship, you should get into fencing? And all those, like other things that you just don't you know that he brings this data perspective but he brings it in a fun oh, storytelling yeah. way you know itself you know it, it's like he brings a self into this book which i absolutely absolutely love well because so. he's 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 not just smart he's a smart ass too and i i love yeah. i love i mean we it's always fun to talk to seth uh about that but this book really reharmonized the importance of uh, behavioral science and data science going hand in hand that that yeah. when when there is good data science we can absolutely discover important behavioral uh, insights from from good data and uh, yeah. that that was a, a big takeaway for me and uh, I w- certainly want to recommend people check it out for a whole bunch of reasons because it's great data. Yeah. It's great data, and and uh, the you know he's uncovered uh, the secret to happiness, which is having sex with your spouse or loved one on a beach in the evening in a warm uh, you know setting. And and if you can do that every night, you're gonna be just happy as like a you know I don't know that was awesome a seal in uh, in in eating eating tuna. I don't know. All right. Last book of the five of the five that we each get to pick for you, Mister. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose John List's uh, book ah. on the voltage effect, uh, in part because I feel like John uh, it spoke to the idea of of uh, of scaling and a concept in a in a really meaningful and fresh way. Now, he's not the first one to cover this. Clayton Christensen has has addressed this in years past, and Clayton Christensen's work is brilliant. Innovator's Dilemma, those kinds of books, I, we won't go into those. But but I feel like John brought a, a very fresh and uh, important economic view on uh, scaling, a behavioral science uh, view to scaling that was really helpful for me to really think about, okay, what's the difference between a good idea and a scalable idea? So yeah. uh, so that uh, I just want to put that as the last one for me. And just raising the questions that we need to ask that we might have. And, and again, um, kind of on the forefront, I think we, we've uh, had a couple other books this year on, scale, uh, on scaling in various different pieces from different people. Yeah. And kind of at the forefront of that idea that, hey, we need to really be thinking about this as behavioral scientists because we can do the best experiment in the world and get fantastic, impactful results that are, you know, they're, they're valid. And, you know, the, the R factor, you know, we, we fit yeah. all of the... No P hacking, all, of all the, those the, kinds of things. Yeah. yeah, none of that. And yet, 
they don't scale mm-hmm. because of these other factors that John points out. And so I think for a behavioral scientist perspective, huge, huge, huge book um, yep. uh, from that perspective. Okay, Kurt, what's going to round out your list? I'm just regretting that this is the last oh! one uh, that we're talking about. <laughs> that's, that's such a bad setup. <laughs> but but it, but it is Dan Pink's regret. Yeah. Uh, and again, you mentioned this earlier. This idea that you know one of the common threads through all of these books with us is this novelty, this new perspective, taking a common uh, element and maybe twisting how we think about it. And I think Dan did that with regret. Again, this idea that we uh, you know, we, do, we try to avoid regret and we talk about, I don't have any regrets. And that isn't probably the best way to live a full and robust and really purposeful life. Uh, regret has power. Yes. And we should tap into that power and not be fearful of it, mm-hmm. but also understand it. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. And should, I, I don't know what else to say about it, but uh, the book reads so in such an interesting way. We we have both commented about this uh, frequently about how the book sort of starts slow and continues to build and build and build. And by the yeah. and by the time you get like the last two chapters, uh, like every word is just gripping. It's almost like a it's almost like a whodunit where, where uh-huh. you're like, okay, what's going to happen next? And and I, I love that about just reading it. But yeah, the insights yeah. Are, are absolutely astounding. I, I agree. And, and that is one thing I think if, if people pick this up and read, you know, you get through chapter one and chapter two and you're going, oh, where is this going? Trust us. Oh, yeah. It, it just builds and gets better yeah. and better. And you just take it and you got actionable, again, Two things, right? Novel kind of things, um, new perspectives on on how we look at the world, and then also applicable, uh, right? I mean, that you can take something from all of these books yeah. and say, "Hey, I can apply this to my life." How about some? All right, so those 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 are our top ten. Yeah. But I know that we got to talk about more. Well, we can't just leave it at those because. Uh, we'd be remiss. We'd regret the I, if we did not talk about any of these others. And, and we know yep. I can use the power of that, for, you know, uh, potential that future anticipated uh, state regret. that I would re- anticipated regret. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. And we can use that to, you know, not have that happen. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you to Roy Baumeister for alerting us to anticipated regress. So I I just want to call attention to a a, a couple of books that I thought were just really interesting. Uh, Actually, Brian Lowry's work uh, is uh, on finding meaning in life. I just thought was fantastic. And then the combination of Jennifer Moss's and Jonathan Malesic's work on burnout. Uh, Jonathan Uh, from a philosophical perspective, Jennifer from a very practical corporate perspective. I I just really love those. Just want to give a shout out to them. And I just have to shout out to Max Bazerman. Again, the interview, you know, he is such, uh, uh, just you feel the kindness and the intelligence and the thoughtfulness radiating out from him when we talk to him, but also in the book, when you read the book, it's just like, oh, and, and he takes this very difficult subject of, you know, complicity. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, you know, one that I would typically avoid because I don't want to feel that pain of like, oh, am I complicit in this? And he makes it 
not I mean not that you don't feel that angst afterwards but that you feel like no I have to act on that angst I can't don't just let it simmer but actually take some movement on it yeah yeah, yeah. how about how about Dolly Chug's book on on oh, oh, again fighting yeah. bias I mean this is this is uh, really great stuff I, I have to have to give a shout out to Dolly's work and uh, and kind of along those lines Linda Babcock comes to mind I just want to give a, a one sentence on the no club. Uh, you know, we've been, you know, heartfelt fans of Linda's for a long time, and uh, she just continues to churn out absolutely fantastic stuff. So, well, and again, you know, talking about different perspective and the applicability of that, Phew. and any woman who oh. is out there, you need to read that book. Uh, and, it is, uh, it's that powerful. Uh, as as well as and every, men should read it. Yeah. As well as every entitled man should be reading this book too. To go, yeah, you know, yeah. All right. Um, uh, uh, just a couple others. Um, Dilip and Nina on the behavioral oh, science yeah. in the wild, the compilation yeah. that, again, bringing back, it goes back to Amal John List and scale, but this idea of uh, like, how do we take all these wonderful freaking insights that we have and bring them into organizations and the and not only that, but how do we take the wonderful, beautiful insights that we get from organizations and bring that back into the research? Um, and I think they did a fantastic job with it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Zoe Chance's book. How about that? Oh, you know, yeah, influences your super. So much right? fun to read, and uh, she's just uh, she's just really spot on with with uh, I think sort of the zeitgeist of leveraging the most current stuff again it's very fresh and very fun and very applicable uh so i i think zoe's zoe's work is is, yeah. is worth mentioning as well i i you know again shout out to um sam tatum evolutionary ideas yes. uh that is you know fantastic and again this idea of looking into nature to take and kind of figure out what we can do again Simple concept, but different lens and a great lens that I think we can all apply. And then this is the one that we talked about that we're going, was this actually published in 2022 <laughs> or 2021? Yeah. But uh, it was published in 2021, but it's still going to get an honorable mention. Paul Bloom and the Sweet Spot. Oh, yeah. Again, this idea that, you know, if we all lived in this perfectly happy uh, world that didn't have any, uh, you know, pressure or pain or anything that we probably wouldn't like it as much as we think we would you know it's kind of the brave new world as my my daughter's reading the brave new world where wow. you know just take some soma and feel happy you know grandma soma makes all your 12 worries go away or whatever oh. the, the statement is in there and and paul saying no we we actually you know search out some of those stressful painful things and we benefit and from them. it adds yeah and then we benefit from them yeah. and and we shouldn't shy away from that and i i love it and i love the fact that i was reading it in the in the um sauna as he was talking about people you know taking saunas and you know sweating their ass off and feeling uncomfortable <laughs> in them as uh, one of the examples so I, and i just have to say one other thing about paul's book is that it kind of helped me look at finding my groove uh, with a with a fresh lens like yes that's so listeners if you're kind of curious about that check out the sweet spot so so with that yeah. 
with that, can we wrap this this up? Is this a is this a wrap? I mean, we could go on and on and on. So I think we better wrap it we up. We read a so, lot of great uh, books this year, but these had a lot of great guests. All of them fantastic. These so. garnered our, our attention, and I just want to say thank you to our listeners again for uh, sharing in this journey with us. Check out these books because uh, they're they're great. They're really really great. And if not, just check yeah. out the episodes where we talk to the authors because I think that that's well, a good they're, thing they're, too. They're, yeah, they're great too. So thank you, everybody. And uh, read some books to go out and find your group. Mm-hmm.